To all the wanderers, wanderers, free thinkers, and throwaway kids, welcome to the dumpster fire. Let's, Let's get, get dumpster, dumpster diving. diving. We're, we're never all the way ready, you know, no, but we're ready enough. We're yeah. back, everyone. Hello. Our, hello. Our yeah. cephalopod liaison to the deep, Mr. Justin. Praise John. In the house. <laughs> yeah. our, our Viking. Hailsa. Is here. And your local culinary, I don't know, aficionado and fan of firearms. Yeah. Brian. <laughs> I'm here with you all again. Uh Got some cool stuff today. We actually, this is a deep dive. We have picked a topic. We have done some research. I want to start, though, with saying I had brought up that I found the oddest seashell I'd ever found when we went to Naples Beach. Uh, we talked about it on the podcast. There's a picture on the Facebook page. We assumed that this was weld slag, but there's wire hanging out of it. Well, yeah. mm. this took a short tumble, and this piece came off of it and it is clearly metal and there was a wire inside of it and wow yeah that's crazy hmm. it is definitely rusted metal it's rusted metal there's yeah, and there's this whole found, trail here has a wire inside you found of it. one of those uh iron sea snails uh i showed this <laughs> when we were on the uh the shuttle back it was completely full and a lot of these this was a weekday so a lot of these people were older retirees and that, this is their hobby yeah uh, they were talking about trying to find junonia shells yeah which is like the holy grail of shells really yes huh. i thought i had one but it was not it's just a what exactly one. is a junonia it's a just a type of very rare shell in florida uh it's got a distinct look it has a square pattern on it really yes uh that someone found one while we were there that the tip was broke off of uh it's a shafella junonia don't call me though is the actual name <laughs> of the creature uh, it's almost looks like somebody dropped something metal and it landed on that thing and grew into and it. broke into its shell and didn't kill it and its shell it grew its shell back around yeah and then just took off with whatever was there whatever was left yeah it's yeah. very strange but the the people there these people they say that like one of them had found one junonian shell in a i think she said 30 years or something crazy really? and none of them had ever seen anything like this they were all baffled by it really so, yeah I think you might have find, found the first uh, um, the first uh, cyborg mollusk. That could be what this is. <laughs> this could be the first attempt at weaponizing sea snails by the cephalopods. That yeah. is a Florida fighting oh. conk. So <laughs> it is prone to violence. <laughs> yes. Nice. This is and true. when we give them weapons. Yeah. I don't know. Armored them up. I don't up. know. The cephalopods could be already starting the rise up. That's I'm what not allowed doing. to discuss our meetings. So <laughs> I'm sworn to secrecy. It's a fraternal order that you When a turtle crawls out and it's got a gun on its back, <laughs> we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know the shit's coming down. I'm going to dodge, but I'm also going to kind of hope that it's Blastoise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, today, we're drinking Knob Creek bourbon. Nice. Now, Clint pointed out, how have we not had Knob Creek on here in all the time we've been doing this, and I don't really know how, but we've got it now. This is the nine-year aged, uh, the hundred proof. Now, here's something very interesting about the nine-year aged. This bottle has 
the nine-year age written on it. They had to quit doing that in 2016 because this is made by the Jim Beam Distillery. Uh, this There are four lines of their like high-end whiskey, which is uh, Booker's, Baker's, and Basil Hayden. If you recall, Basil Hayden, the one that I swear is basic Jim Beam. Yeah, right, good. yeah. Uh, but they got so much stuff mixed up, they couldn't guarantee that it was aged nine years. Really? Uh, yes. So they said that they would be bringing back the nine year. They got more organized. They were going to bring back the nine-year label sometime in 2020. And First one you've seen. We're there now. Yeah. 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 This yeah. is yeah. This is whiskey with an E. Now, there's a real generic one out there that I've wondered about. Beam's 8-star. Is that owned by Jim Beam Distilleries as well? I don't know. <clears throat> Definitely look into that. Eight star? Beams eight star, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, this is a weird one. I've not, I've not seen this. It's one. a like it's a super cheap one around the same price <laughs> as like early times or so. It's like nine dollars mm-hmm. for a fifth. Okay, it's nine a or low ten dollars a fifth. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a real shelf. low shelf. It's a plastic bottle, it looks like I mean it's not old crow or anything. Yeah. But uh mm-hmm. I've, I've tried it. Not yeah. complete. Uh, right. If you're gonna if you're gonna make something, uh, you know, a whiskey mixed drink, it's pretty good for that. But yeah. it's not something I'd serve over ice. It's, yeah, it's, it's nothing to sip on. It is what it what it costs. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's kind of true, especially in the mid shelf. I've noticed with whiskeys and bourbons that uh, you get what you pay for. Yeah, um, absolutely. Now, when you get into some of the higher end, I feel like that can waver a little bit because yeah. I've seen. Mid-shelf outperform in contest. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that. Oh, many times. Um, More out, often than not, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. outperform like $40,000 Pappy Van Winkle and yeah. craziness. I've noticed the same thing in wines. Yeah. I mean, once you get out of the $3 a bottle range, yeah. it's just kind of a matter of the maker. Yeah, I mean, I, it really I've, is. I've spent $40-plus for a bottle of wine and... And not liked it any more than a you know eight dollar bottle yep. of wine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And a lot of really starting in the late nineties, we started to see California really master their grapes. Yep. Uh, we saw Argentina master theirs. Australia yep. uh, started coming forward with some uh, really strong grapes. So it kind of tore the lid off the whole wine thing. Yeah. It made it more accessible. Mm-hmm. I think. So guys, right. let's give this a try. Uh, Beam 8 is made by Beam Suntory, which does own Jim Beam. Oh, good. Ooh. It's sweet. It's that's not sweet. Creek. Yeah, that's good stuff. And I can taste the charcoal uh, in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you was talking about wine grapes. I just uh, Ooh, saw that, recently uh, a, yeah. a guy talk, giving an interview mm. talking about how because of uh, climate change, all the classic places that we got most of our like famous grapes and stuff for all mm-hmm. these famous wines mm-hmm. are almost completely out of the business. Like yeah. the Champagne Valley yeah. is like the, like off. you can't hardly grow grapes there anymore. And, and there was uh, a the 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 ripening season it doesn't happen at the right time for grapes. Yeah, um, and it's actually starting to move like. And we're England start- is becoming one of the top producers for wine grapes in the world. Well, look what we're- happened to us the last few days. We had 70-degree weather here, and on the West Coast, mm-hmm. was freezing. Yeah. 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 And we're starting to see, especially with molds and funguses, because the we're, it's hotter and more humid, uh, they are, we're seeing molds and funguses in 
times of the year that we've never seen them before. Yeah. And there was a bad, it was, I can't remember if it was a mold or a fungus, I believe it was in 2016, came through the Burgundy region of France and yeah. killed off a lot of these vines that have been harvested for bunch, hundreds of years. A bunch of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and uh, so. Even in Indiana, uh, a, a big co op farm not far from where I used to live, uh, down in San Jacinto here. They had started a big wine grape, uh, grape orchard, and uh, oh, six to eight years ago, uh, a blight came through and wiped out every single grapevine they had. Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, I mean they started over. Yeah, but I mean wiped every one of them out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that changes the terroir ch- and all that. I yeah. mean. Uh, that's what people look for in the wine is tasting that soil and that sunshine and that particular <clears throat> grape and that mm-hmm. generation yeah. of that grape. Um, a lot of times when they talk about, uh, there's a great book called Sweet Bitter that's all about the high-end culinary industry. Um, and it has an entire section on wine. And uh, it's a, uh, I'd never realized when they say, oh, that's a good vintage, they mean for that year of the grape. Yep. Yeah, it's buying. not that year of the wine, it's the grape. The grape. That's yeah, the important it part. Because yep. of the tiroir, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. I've only ever read that word, but it just takes into consideration the light and the soil and the air. Yeah, it's, it's a French word. It, yeah. can be, it means 10 things rolled into one word, and yeah. we just don't have that in, in English. Yeah, the Germans and the French are really <sighs> good at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of words that just don't quite translate. Uh, speaking of the climate change and kind of rolling it back into the cyclic, uh, the, the cycles in history, uh, I was actually listening to some uh, archaeologists here uh, just a few days ago. I was talking about how um, how humans have caused, like we want, we talk about climate change like it's this thing that we've done in the last hundred years or less. Yeah. Uh, they started, they, they were talking about how humans started uh, changing the climate as long ago as like 40,000 years uh, by um, tilling the soil and and deforestation to to grow stuff. They said by now, in the natural cycle of the world, we should already be well into and maybe starting out the other side of the next ice age. Yeah, wow. but because, because of terraforming. because of human terraforming, we've uh, kept it w- out we, of the ice age. We talked about this last night. I mean, <laughs> all, there's a bunch of evidence coming out of the Amazon now that they have that. I can't remember what it's called. The Lin is it Lens technology? The satellite where they yeah. scope the jungle. Um, they're proving that the Amazon jungle is a garden. That was tended. That was mm-hmm. purposely created. Yeah. Um, the most diverse place on the planet, Shiver Oceans, and humans had a huge impact on it. Oh, and, wouldn't have been anything like it that. It wouldn't have been what it is yeah. without yeah. us uh, doing it, which I find We terraformed fun. that place into, I mean, exactly what it is. And not that it wouldn't have had some of that, but look at, look at it. Compared to Africa, which is its antiquity on the yeah. other, on their, yeah. other side, yeah, it's antithesis. Uh, it's, it, yeah, ant- antithesis. Yeah, uh, um, it would have had steps and plains. Yeah, and a lot of would have been type much more spread out. Yeah, but because of uh, human terraforming, I mean, yeah. how much of South America is rainforest? Or yeah. is supposed to, what yeah. we consider supposed to be rainforest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 40%? Yeah. Probably. Uh, it's Everything on the Amazon. Chunk. And Amazon's a huge river. Yeah, the Amazon River Basin is gigantic. Yeah, yeah. They, they found the terra preta soil there. And they realized, yeah. hey, these guys could use this soil, which renews itself. 
And they could have grown crops without issue. It's really good soil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a relatively recent discovery. Yeah. I think 2016 mm -hmm. is what I read. And uh, I don't think they published to like 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yep. And it's amazing. And this is something I've mentioned before on the podcast. I think we tend to look back at man as though just because he didn't do it in a way we would today, uh, that he was ignorant or stupid. And our ingenuity has been the one thing that's allowed us to survive this long. Mm. If you took a picture of a, a, the basic average man and a picture of a tiger and asked an alien who would be the dominant species mm. on the planet, they're going to pick the yeah. fucking tiger. Every, <laughs> Every especially 100,000 years ago yeah. when your basic average man was five foot six, 160 pounds exactly. carrying a stick with a rock on the end of it. Yeah. Uh -huh. But it's our ingenuity. And that, our willingness to work together. Yeah. and Our and, ability to communicate. And um, our foresight. That's the yeah. biggest thing that, that sets us ahead is our foresight. We yeah. can do something we now understand with an the expectation of two weeks from now. Yeah. And that's not anything that any other animal really has. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and I, I can't stand the reductionist view of history. Looking back at an early man saying, oh, he couldn't have done that. He didn't have this or this or this. Like, well, that's how we've gotten this far is yeah. figuring shit out. Okay. Like. Yeah. For one, every time they say something's definitely not this, <laughs> Yeah. two years later, it's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, it was definitely that. Yeah. I mean, it's just <laughs> like the timeline thing we've talked about before. I mean, literally when we were in high school, the prevailing wisdom in archaeology and was an anthropology was that mo anatomically modern man, Cro-Magnon man, had been around for about 25,000 years. Yeah. That has been moved up to some estimates being as high as 300,000 yeah. years. Yeah. Literally, it's more than 100 times further back than we thought. And I have a distinct... I have a really strong feeling that we are on the verge of a precipice of knowledge. Yeah. I feel like we're about to learn things about our past that's going to shatter our old models. Mm -hmm. And I think oh, yeah. it needs that. Well, if you if we really if you really did the research into it now, we're shattering that every year. Yeah. yeah. We're coming up with so much new stuff every year that just disproves or completely changes how we thought yeah. of things before. Like 15, 20 years ago, we thought the Cro-Magnon man won out over Neanderthal uh, through series of war because we had the the superior brain because of the head shape. Well, yeah. as it turns out, we've found out that that's completely not true. Not only did we not have a lot of wars with each other, I'm not saying it didn't happen because yeah. people fight, but there we was allied and interbred <laughs> yeah. almost every yeah. human in the world right uh, now has Neanderthal blood in them. You do. If you're sub-Saharan African, you don't have any Neanderthal. Everyone right. else does. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, period. It's yeah. crazy well, because Neanderthal came primarily from the north. Yeah, and um, they never so crossed the Sahara. The more white you have yeah. in you, generally speaking, the more Neanderthal yeah. you're going to have in you yeah. because that you know. Yeah, they just they the never, separation, mm -hmm. and, and uh, they never crossed the Sahara. They couldn't survive that trip. Uh, some evidence, and it's it, it, it's a small study. They're only looking at five different skulls, but it's interesting to think about. So we have tubes in our ears that allow for drainage, mm -hmm. and as you hit, go through puberty as a uh, anatomically modern human, that tube breaks and slants yep. to allow better drainage. Yep. That's why kids tend to get ear infections yep. and adults don't get them. Um, all that they've looked at five different Neanderthal skulls. We don't have many whole Neanderthal skulls, but they've looked right. at these five, and these are adult uh, adult um, Neanderthal, 
and their tubes aren't slanted. They're straight. So they had, they think that they had massive amounts of ear infections. Possibly. Um, because it would make all the fluid in your ear stagnant. Uh, it couldn't <coughs> flow. That would be a huge disadvantage mm-hmm. to always have a mild infection. Right. I mean, that lowers the rest of your immune system. Yeah, it weakens your heart. It weakens yeah. your everything. That's, that's um, the most common way for uh, primates to die is dental death. Yeah, yeah. they'll they'll have a tooth break and it gets infected and that, yeah. that's the end. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I remember reading here about five years ago uh, about how they've discovered. Well, I don't know when they discovered. I was reading it about five years ago uh, that they discovered through uh, dental record, not dental records, but dental examination of uh, uh, Native Americans that they've excavated that most Native Americans that died of old age died of heart problems caused by tooth infections yep. because yeah. they were still stone age. They ground all their corn and stuff like that with yeah. stones. They were constantly eating stone dust, yeah. which wore their teeth down twice yeah. as fast as it would somebody and that was like grinding you, with metal. You look mm-hmm. at Indian cuisine, it's all stewed meats. It's yeah. all yogurt-based sauces. It's all very soft textures. Yeah. And one of the main reasons is because they eat so many spices, it wears away the enamel very yeah. quickly on their teeth. So that uh, up until about a hundred years ago, it was common for someone to be in their late twenties and have no teeth left. Mm-hmm. So they needed soft textures. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy to think about how important our teeth is. Yeah. Uh, we we kind of take for granted modern dentistry, and there's been forms of dentistry since the Paleolithic era. Oh my God, I mean, right. yeah, uh, yeah. Orsi, uh, the Ice Man. Mm, yeah, he has he, fillings. He, yeah, he had fillings. Yeah. Uh, so we've known for a long time our teeth were very important, but it's just kind of crazy to think about. That could be the difference of whether your species <laughs> moves carries on. on or not. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I remember reading here recently about um, uh, ancient human remains uh, found with teeth belonging to other people. Yeah. In yeah. Their dentures. Replacement uh, dentures. No, like embedded, embedded in, put into their, their, in. their yeah. head, into yeah. their jaw and into their, their mandible. That's Where crazy. they would take cadaver teeth and yeah. put them stick in and in, stick yeah. them into the, to the um, old socket. One, one of the things uh, I was reading from a study done in 2018 about teeth is that we actually have more cavities uh, mm-hmm. than past generations, even back to the Paleolithic era, because they didn't have refined sugar. Yep. And refined sugar yeah, is the single most horrible yeah. thing for your teeth on, on top of acid. Sulfuric acid, which pulls calcium out of your body, which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why we have weaker bones and weaker teeth than we had yeah. 100 years ago, and the sugar. Between those yeah. two things, again, the, the sulfuric acid weakens your teeth, and then the sugar just goes to town. Yeah. yeah. They had thought that... Uh, this is how we get fluoride in our water. They thought that it was a deficiency and the fluoride could fix that yeah. deficiency, but <laughs> yeah. it didn't really change anything. No. no. It, and we don't know what dosing the population with fluoride does. Well, I mean, we know what it does because we've done clinical trials on what it does to the human brain. Yeah. But, I mean, why we haven't stopped it is the thing. It's peculiar. Yeah. It, well, I've heard that it's an industrial waste at this point, what they're actually using. Really? Yeah, as a byproduct. So, well, what a better good. way to get rid of it? Sell I, it. I had read something that said they thought uh, it helped uh, lower aggression levels, mm-hmm. like yeah. it made you more docile, yeah. which would make sense. It definitely does. You want the pos- and you want the uh, populace to be a little more controlled. Well, in, in the history of repeating itself, I find it no coincidence now that we are getting uh, 
all of these phytoplastics and things, these yeah. microplastics, and then soy, which is big now. Almost everything we get, the oil in it is soy now. Yeah. That's an estrogen mimicker. Yeah. yeah. And that can make it's a population a little calmer, a little less for a little heavier. Um, uh, yeah, especially yeah, in the male population. It adds a lot of belly weight in men. Mm-hmm. Uh, it lowers testosterone levels. Like. Well, and we know that that's happened. We've had a plummet in natural testosterone levels. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Which is kind of odd, whether you're for support or against, this has nothing to do with it. Just looking at an analytical way, the fact that we're no longer recognizing two genders, I think it's odd that it coincides with uh, one gender losing its main hormone Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, over the span of the last 60 years. Uh, we're seeing, I mean, some young boys are being born with half the testosterone mm-hmm. that they should that be they born should with. have, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I think that's kind of odd that uh, that coincides. Yep. Well, bring, yeah, bringing this all back around, guys, the, the way we came up with this and what this episode's going to be called, you'll read it before you click on it, is History Rhymes. Yeah. And I came up with this concept because I did a stand-up show a while back, and one of my jokes was that uh, it's like the 2000s turned 21, went to the bar and didn't handle it well. Yeah. Because of how crazy things have been in yeah. 2021. I mean, it's been coming for a while. Got violently ill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yep. Yep. So, yeah, you caught a STD. Yeah. Deal with that. yeah. up with a couple randos. <laughs> yeah. Got yeah, an yeah, STD. Yeah. Should, just well, doing things. Woke up in the back alley. Yeah. <laughs> no it, kidney. Blacked yeah. out. That's why we don't remember a couple years. It seemed yeah. like one altogether. But uh, I, I kind of thought about that. And uh, I randomly thought, I wonder what the 1900s did when they turned 21. Yeah. This is just, I mean, I'm just trying to make up some, some jokes here. Well, let's see here. The Italian Communist Party is founded in 21. Yeah. Uh, the Red Army invades Georgia. Uh, that's the Bolsheviks that yeah. they had raided. They were, it says things were going there. Communist League of Czechoslovakia is founded. Yeah. Uh, things get, here we go. Socialist Congress at Vienna is, they end with the, International Working Union of Socialist Parties. So we've got a lot of stuff moving that's going to lead to war soon. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party is yeah. founded. Yeah. And the one that everybody's going to be familiar with, because it's the one that's always, you know, kind of put out there, uh, Adolf Hitler becomes Führer. Yeah. yeah. And so all this happens in, uh, in 21, all the way up to the end of 21, uh, they're not sure exactly when, but all, the famine in Russia started. Yeah. So yeah. I think the 1900s beat the 2000s yeah. as far as being completely off the, the rails. Yeah. And uh, we started thinking more about this and just thinking about stuff we've noticed in history where, you know, history doesn't actually repeat itself, but it rhymes. Yeah. We have the same patterns, the yeah. same things happen to us, we have seasons, and it, there's some weird coincidences with all of this. Yeah. Yeah, there really is. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I looked at was uh, the 1820s were also mm-hmm. uh, odd. Uh, 1821 in particular, you saw a huge rise of anarchism in the U.S. Um, this idea of abolishing uh, 
the government um, uh-huh. for for, uh, for freedom's sake. You see, uh, s- spoken word poetry become huge in the United States and places like New York in the 1820s. And these people were all where they were extremely leftist, but they were anarchists. Right. And you kind of, we seem to be on this hundred year cycle. We were talking before we started recording about how. Uh, the way all economies work, and not just in capitalism, but especially in capitalism, it's a boom and bust system. It yes. has to be because uh, you cannot have infinite growth in a finite system. You just can't. So there has to be a bust period. And following these busts, it seems to be a hundred year cycle. Yep. After about eighty years, you have a bust, a big bust, and it drops all the way down. And then people start taking on the most extreme ideals they do. Um, uh, during the comeback as the economy is on the way back up the people tend towards anarchism or extreme left or extreme right and you see that like 1820s 1920s 2020s yep. like occupied it, zones yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy <clears throat> um, and I think uh, I think it, it also goes to you were Clint, you were talking about psych- the psychology of people and how people have a cycle. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, I, I think that plays into it because the economy is people. It, it is. It, well, it we're is. a product of our environment. Yeah. Uh, we, we always have been. We always will be. We react to the world that we're, that we're surrounded by. Yeah. Um, so it's, it makes sense. And, and I've, I know everybody listening has probably seen it on Facebook but the you know the good times breed weak men weak men breed hard times hard times breed strong men strong men breed good, good times, times. Yep. and it works in that sort of cycle yeah. but the weak men are created by the product we we get to such a good time we relax so much yeah everything's so free and so booming and so yeah. awesome Instant. And so instant and and easy to come by yeah. that the next generation gets lax and yeah. then they get expectant and then mm. the next generation after that is expectant but they don't have the hard work off the backs of the generation before mm. to keep them going like that generation right, yeah. had so they have the expectation but not the payout yeah. which is where we're at right now yeah uh, we have a lot of people feeling yeah. like they should just be able to instantly go out into the world yeah and make as much money as somebody that's you know uh, that's been in their profession for 25 years mm-hmm. uh, there's no reason why i shouldn't make 60 to eighty thousand dollars a year well, yeah, that's the dream for everybody, but the other people got there through hard work yeah, yeah. And, and, and dedication. So they end up with the expectation without the payoff, and that just sends that that generation goes into a tailspin. Yeah. And then the generation after that has nothing, and they have to work hard for it and build yeah. it back up, and they still don't have much of a payout. And it just cycles back through. It cycles every, back every through. Time. And what, I what feel like... Uh, I was uh, doing some research the other day, and I found them. Uh, they were called... Uh, uh, let me see here. Uh, they were called the the turnings, the four historical turnings. Right. And uh, this was based on a, uh, a set of books by William Strauss and Neil Howe, published in the 90s, called Generations, and the other one's called The Fourth Turning. Uh, and they're all, I mean, it's exactly, pretty much exactly how I just described it. It's that you got the high turning, the awakening, the unraveling, and the crisis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And each of those breeds the essentially the four types of people. And those types of people are your heroes, your artists, your prophets, and your nomads. Yeah. 
and I, I haven't read the books yet because I, I just did this research about a week ago, week and a half ago. Uh, so I haven't got my hands on it. I just did a lot of research on, on other people that have read it, but it is just eerie. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. just eerie. Um, the most recent ones that this article was talking about, the current cycle that we're sitting in right now, the the most recent crisis that we went through is the Great Depression and World War Two, which ended. Everybody should know about 1945. Yeah. Um, and then we had our next high, which was the boom coming back out of it. Yeah. Which is everybody working hard and getting lots of reward, and that was the post-war boom between 46 and 60. Yeah. And then we had the awakening. The consciousness revolution of 61 to 81. Yep. And those are the people that had the little effort, which had a lot of chance for everybody to really do what they wanted to do because mm-hmm. they had plenty coming into them with minimal effort. Which always leads to a counterculture movement. Yes. Um, and then that leads to the unraveling. And the unraveling was the Reagan revolution and the culture wars, 82 to 2006. Yeah. And we are currently in our next crisis if we keep on this cycle, which we have been for hundreds of years, yep. if we keep on this cycle, the the current the current crisis or next crisis, if you want to call it, should be between 2008 and 2028. We are like dead in the center of yeah. it. Yeah, yep. which we, are watching we it 2008, we watched a, a huge economic downturn, the biggest mm-hmm. since the Great Depression, yeah. and now we've got. Uh, COVID, um, yeah. we've had some crisis. Yeah, the mortgage crisis was terrible. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, For anybody that doesn't know what actually happened there, uh, it, it, both sides of the political spectrum are to blame for this. One side wanted everybody to be able to get a loan. That's fair. Yeah. There's there's some real racism in history yeah. where people couldn't get loans that should have been able to. Yeah. So that's fine. But the problem was they were giving out what they called ninja loans, which was yeah. no job, no asset loans. Yeah. And... I'm sorry, I don't think that it was any mistake that they knew that these were going to go yeah. under. So They were literally bundling, bundling these yes. mortgages together and oh, yeah. selling them so, off. So, yes, the, the other side of this, the, the bankers, the rich men and stuff, see this and they say, this is never going to work. They're going to default on all of these. So they rolled all these mortgages together and they sold them as assured debt. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like your student loans and stuff like that that can't be defaulted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. They knew they were going to default. <laughs> yeah. They knew that many of these would not last yeah. and that those houses would be right back on the market. They were going to yeah. just do yeah. it again. And you also had uh, Glass-Steagall being repealed, which mm-hmm. all Gla- Glass-Steagall did. It was a very simple law. And it was directly after uh, the Great Depression, and it was smart. It said that if you were... Uh, capital bank you cannot be an investment bank yep. you can't yeah. do both so because they didn't want the banks betting with the commoners money anymore yeah well uh we were in a boom time in the 90s uh, uh the economy was booming we had no uh deficit as a country um so uh everyone thought oh yeah we need to get that moving we need investment we need investment we need growth so uh clinton uh signed away glass-steagall and one, and I believe he was a Colorado Republican, he wrote a book called Against the Tide. He stood up and said, this will literally in 20 years lead to a Great Depression. And it was literally uh, almost exactly 20 years later, uh, 2008, we had <laughs> uh, the housing market collapse. Uh, yeah, I was actually caught square in the middle of that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was a similar situation. Uh, I was fairly stable at the time, 
but they were giving out loans like willy-nilly. Like, I don't even yeah. remember filling out any real paperwork for this loan. Yeah. It was a 30-year balloon loan, which means that at yeah. the end of eight years, I had to either pay it off completely. I made payments as if it was a 30-year loan. Yeah. But at the end of eight years, I either paid off the deficit or I refinanced the house. Yeah. Well, I was ignorant enough. I was, what, 24? Yeah. Something like that. I mean, not very old. Old enough I should have known better, but excited yeah. about getting my own house, blah, blah, blah. And I took the loan and got out there, and everything was going fine while I was working. It was a beautiful house. And then the 2008 recession hit, and I lost my job right in the middle of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I spent the better part of two years doing everything. I mean, scrounging. Yeah. I got what you and your brother was yeah. roommating with me. Yeah. Um, Greg was for a while, not that he did much to help. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I had roommates in. I, would, I shut off the freaking gas, which was how you heated the house. Yeah. You had a fireplace switched in the living room. Uh, so I, I put a couple like uh, electric heaters in and switched over to wood in the living room. And, like, like put hung curtains over all the doors right. and stuff like that. You <laughs> tried to sleep. hold it in there. Yeah. I mean, I did everything. I was sleeping on the couch because I didn't want to heat my bedroom. Yeah. Because I was heating with wood through that. And I tried everything I could to hold out through it and it lasted just long enough for me to just finally hit the hit the brick wall and yep. give it up. Yeah. And it was, I mean, so... And I was somebody that was fairly financially stable. At the time, I was making just over $30,000 a year. Back in, mm-hmm. that was 2006. Six, I think, when I bought the house, yeah. I was making just over thirty thousand dollars a year, which it wasn't, you know, wasn't bad. Uh, I could make all my bills and 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 still do okay. I wouldn't live in high on the hog or anything, but I was doing all right. But man, as soon as that recession hit, yeah, it was like there was not a single job out there that I I, I looked and looked and, and even took a couple of the smaller jobs, but I could not find a job that paid more than about eight seventy five an hour. Yeah. Think. He kept on having to take jobs that paid half of what he had been making. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and I rough. did them, and that's fine. But at the time, they, they uh, extended just like the recent crisis going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they extended unemployment benefits. I got like a year and a half's worth of unemployment. I was making maximum or just about maximum on unemployment. Every job I found was paying me less than I would make on unemployment. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I just felt lazy sitting around not doing anything. Yeah. So I would take these small jobs for a while, and ah, it's just. Well, here's another one from 1921, guys, and we are right on the edge of this. 1921 in November is when uh, Germany went into hyperinflation. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So this World War One. They've gone through that, and if you look what's happening now. Yeah. We are. It doesn't even make sense that we have not hit the inflation like we should it's kind of weird because merkel Mm. is finally out and germany owns about half the eu's Uh, debt yeah Um, because they've been bailing them out for 10 years they've been bailing bailing them out since the crisis yeah Yeah. since 2008 yeah and uh yeah so uh that's kind of interesting to think it's it's funny you say that because when you were first describing what happened in 2000 or 1921 all yeah. these different things that happen around the world. I was thinking, it's like all those things are happening now, but instead of around the world, they're all happening within this one country. Yep. Yeah. Every bad thing that happened that you described in 2012 or 1921 mm-hmm. is happening in 2021, but only in the United States. I'm not saying other stuff isn't happening, but all the bad things are happening here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, they have their own issues in other places. I know Australia's a pretty big mess right now. Oh, my now. God. Yeah. You talk about a totalitarian government. It, it, it almost seems the like... streets for curfew violations. Yes, and there, there was some stuff going on in Australia a while back about water rights. It was a big yeah. deal, and that was right before they had all those rampant fires. Yeah. And, I mean, that just... Yeah. They might not have correlated directly, but it sure seems odd that you know you're you're I, unable to put these fires out. And they found proved that most of those were being it was, set. It was arson. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were being they found set. The proof that it was being done on purpose. Yes, uh, yeah. I don't think they ever got enough to uh, satisfy getting somebody arrested. Yeah. Right, uh, prosecuted. Well, that's how most a lot of I'm not going to say most of the fires out in the the West Coast in California happen. People will go set a campfire up and leave it burning, and embers fly off and it's built to burn so next thing you know hey you're evacuating Uh, your house (laughs) there was a large fire out west i can't remember what state that they found that it was a a a guy and his son setting off fireworks yeah literally there was one that happened this last summer from a gender reveal party for a baby that's so crazy they shot a big bunch of tannerite and the tannerite caused Uh, a yeah, it's a big forest fire. fire. It's Crazy. a forest fire. But that's the problem. That kind of, kind of. <laughs> what are you having? A disaster. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> a disaster. Yay. But talking about cycles in history, where it goes, same product, and the people in the generations. We're in this real soft generation where everything is based on people's feelings, and not logic. Yeah. Um, and we go through different cycles of it. We went through a cycle when we first established this country, uh, and we really haven't been a country for that long. Yeah. But we established this country, and everybody just went crazy. Like because most of these people were coming over from countries like Great Britain and Germany and Ireland and stuff like that, where you're wall to wall people. Yeah, yeah, and you—I mean, you can't—they're the size of a state, right? Yeah. And then you come over to some place like America, and it's just this endless amount of resources, or yeah. how so they thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you get these people coming over, and all of a sudden it's this huge, big economic boom because I mean anybody can go do just about anything and make their fortune if if they try hard enough and fortune favors you know because yeah. I mean there was Indian attacks and bear attacks and yeah and, you know it was rough living but we were mixing disease, a lot of disease together it was a yeah. land of possibilities so yeah. we would go we went through and we were like devastating the forest by cutting down so yeah. many of these old growth trees yeah that we almost devastated the forest and we caused a lot of like we displaced a lot of species and stuff like that and but yeah. then the feelings set in and we instead of using our head and that's the problem we always want to we always want to stop the bleeding by cutting off the limb that's bleeding and yeah. that's never going to do anything besides more bleeding so we went from devastating the forest by overworking and overcutting to completely banning it and it's against the law to do it now yeah. and now the areas that were it's and, and we're doing on all fire. this stuff yeah. to prevent these trees from going down well these areas were were in nature by nature were used to being caught on fire every few years and renewing the cycle yep well now because we do everything to protect every one of these trees when a fire does happen because it's just part of nature instead of just being a fire that burns for a couple weeks and burns itself out and starts the cycle back over now we have months long devastation that goes for like millions of acres this is where you get forest rakes and the they would basically cut those woods into grids yeah and drive these they're they're called forest rakes they look like a combine but mm-hmm. they're to pick up the the yeah. smaller trees and branches and stuff yeah. that fall so that you don't bridge those squares right 
it's kind of like building in fire uh, stops ahead of time. Right. Yep. Yeah. And they banned that in California. Yeah. And California is about the biggest idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. California definitely marches to the beat of their own drum. Oh, it yeah. Is a, it's a different planet over there. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they banned the hunting of um, cougars in California because it, it hurt the people's feelings. But yeah. they're completely okay with the government because they had banned hunting for the cougars. The cougar populations got so out of control that they're they're like killing cattle and all kinds of livestock. They're getting in people's backyards and killing fifi and all you know. So it's gotten so bad that now they're the government's being pushed and are doing so, going out and poisoning <laughs> so mountain lions. When if you'd have just left them alone and allowed the Department yeah, the of Natural Resources like, to do its job and stuff. maintain a healthy level of mountain lions, you wouldn't have had this problem. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we make so a lot of our own problems. That's oh, definitely true. That is one thing that uh, seems to be a human superpower. Picking the <laughs> exact thing that is the worst for us. Yes. Uh, yeah. We have almost a preternatural ability for uh, making the wrong choice. It's because we always go to extremes. We, yeah. The we, pendulum swing. We've talked we, about this from yeah, many podcasts. We tend to be of extremes. And in large groups, it's always the loudest verse, uh, voices that are heard mm-hmm. and prevail. And those are always yeah. the extreme. Yeah. 90% of us are in this gray area in the middle living our fucking life. Well, <laughs> We're not out protesting or do, mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, going to clan rallies. You know? Exactly. Like, we live in the gray area. Um, it's just the loudest voices are the ones that get heard. Well, I actually heard this said a while back. It was d- discussing kind of like the internet and arguments on the internet. And uh, what was said is, well, when you argue with someone on the internet, you're never going to change their mind. So you're not arguing for them. You're arguing for the audience. Yeah. Right. And it's that is, that is again, that's comedy. That's pro wrestling. Yeah. 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 So when you understand that, so you've got a many, big advantage. One of the things I've been studying, I've been listening to a great podcast called crime and sports and they mm-hmm. take athletes, some famous, some not, that committed a bunch of crimes and, like, do their whole life. It's kind of interesting. But both the guys that do it um, are comedians. They've been stand-up comedians for 20-plus years. And they talk about the parallel between stand-up comedy and wrestling, how it's the exact same lifestyle. He's like, the only difference is the physicality. Mm -hmm. He said, that's the only difference. The drugs, the traveling, the hotel rooms, the strange proclivities for sex, and, Mm -hmm. like... Uh, it, their freaks are attracted to both of those things, yeah. uh, wrestling and comedy. So they're the same people. Just one does a lot more steroids than the other. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> right. A oh, carrot top. Look at him. He's a late bloomer. Yeah. <laughs> right. He'll transition. <laughs> yeah. 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 He'll be wrestling before it's over. Props to carrot top, man. He's looking good for real, and he's yeah. still funny. He's still except I, I for his face. Uh, His he's face getting, looks like a mutant. He's yeah. getting old and he's tanning a lot. He's a ginger. Yeah. It's hard on us when we tan like yeah. that. Yeah, and he's starting to get the leather face. Yep. Uh, yeah. He looks like he's wearing someone else's skin. He looks skin. like Ferrigno top now. Yeah. Well, how old is he? He's, he's oh, got to be in his 50s be, or 60s. I going to say yeah. go close to 60 now, isn't he? I would have to. Think. He's going to be younger than 20s. me and I'm just going to be destroyed by no, this. No, no. He was in no, his 65. Yeah, he's he's he looks young for that age. Yeah, he's doing good. Props to him. He's 56, yeah. Way to go, man. It's like yeah. The Rock. The Rock's 50, and he's in the best shape of his life right now. Yeah. Right. 
270 lean. The Rock is a mutant too, but right. Samoan genes that he he's, had the surgery to take the chubby some, layer off. Uh, right, <laughs> Samoan demi god. Yeah, he won the Samoan lottery because <laughs> yeah. he got the height and the build without the heavy. Yeah, he had so, it originally. He had surgery to. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. he. Uh, well, I he, seen pictures of him in high school, and he had a little chub, but yep. he wasn't like yeah. built like uh, Moana he, chubby. Yeah, he you know? had that. It was young that he had that surgery. I actually watched an interview. He there's a picture of him. 17 and he's fucking shredded i Uh mean he's like yeah he looks like the rock with a curly mullet right (laughs) yeah he did have the wild curly hair yeah it was it was pretty badass but he was a big dork he got picked on oh yeah um and just a natural i mean uh, people like that are natural athletes uh you're born with a lot i'm sure he played football yeah he was a football yeah Yeah, and he he was Kind of set to be the next big defensive player. Yeah. Um, and it was right in the time when a lot of really good players were coming out of Hawaii. At yep. The first time that started happening. And uh, he had pro scouts looking at him in high school. Mm-hmm. And because uh, he's huge and he's super athletic and super fast. Right. Well, he, he destroyed his knee uh, midway through his sophomore year. And uh, he could he debated his dad wanted him to like train and get back into football. Right. And the coach said, there's a position for you. You get healed up. Right. And he said, no, uh, he said he had a dream, um, like a little dream, uh, that, that wasn't the right path for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he chose wrestling. His I think dad he chose right. Wrestling. Well, and yeah. with, with the history repeating itself, like you're saying, his dad was Rocky Johnson. Yeah, his dad so, was a... Yeah, built and, like him. And he was uh, Rocky Marlino or something when he first came out. Like, he went mm-hmm. by Rocky as well. Yeah. Uh, what was he? Uh, He's a WWE wrestler. Oh, wrestler. He, he was okay. a pro wrestler, yeah. 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 I didn't realize that. Uh, but The I've Rock went by... Wrestling. Uh, the Rock Man, went yeah. by Rocky. I've actually, I'm not a fan. I've, I haven't watched it since I was nine or ten years old yeah. back in the uh, Hulkamania days. Oh yeah, I watched uh, it back then. Everyone, yeah. everybody, that's watched it what back you then. did. There was only six channels. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> but learning about the shit that went down during that time mm. is fascinating. Oh, Those oh people were insane. Andre and the they're Giant. All on cocaine. They're all on steroids, <laughs> and they're oh literally doing shows in like old school gyms. And shit. One day they're in an old school gym with fifty people, yeah. and then the next they're doing sellout crowds oh in God, the gardens yeah. for mm-hmm. forty thousand. Just a crazy life. I, I remember. <laughs> I remember the. Um, I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast with the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. That is just mind. If, That's I, I, it's too much to go into, and I don't even want to. If you guys want to hear have your mind blown about that world yeah. listen to that podcast that is a fantastic uh, episode Jake the Snake Roberts also is a wonderful uh, Crime and Sports did an excellent two part on Jake the Snake and he was like he was he came from he was a child of rape I mean his father was a giant mm-hmm. raped his 13 year old mother when he was like 28 he oh was the God. child of that and then married her because it was the 50s and that's what you do yeah and had several other children with her uh, just insane life never had a shot in hell and he uh, he got a big enough bastard to get into yeah. Yeah, at the time you talk about cocaine yeah yeah cocaine was a that was his one and only true love, I think. <laughs> he literally, uh, he talked about um, 
how many times he accidentally overdosed snakes mm. on cocaine. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, he froze several to death uh, doing the northern markets, like Minnesota yeah. and stuff, and leaving, leaving them in the, the trunk. Yeah, 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 forget about them. Uh, uh, could you imagine him and Ric Flair in, on oh cocaine in the same room? Oh, oh my And God. Macho Man? Yeah. <laughs> the volume. would be nothing but Yeah, yeah the volume would be un... Uh, unsaleable. You'd walk would... in that door and the testosterone would knock you over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would stink like a gym. And oh, <laughs> it would smell like a baboon's ass. <laughs> that would stink. I'd be like yeah. an elk's wallow. Yeah. It smells like crack, shame, and a baboon's ass in here. Mm-hmm. And dead snake. <laughs> oh my god. It's nuts. But I highly recommend Crime and Sports, the Jake the Snake episode. Fantastic. They also did a three-parter on Tyson. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic. That dude was a bur- born murderer. He's a killer. He is. <laughs> and uh, he's just built different. And uh, Probably the only reason why he's not in prison for life right now is because he hate, he got put into boxing. Yep. Yeah. It yeah. Is, yeah. And that's fact. Uh, yeah. They thought he was going to be a giant because he was essentially at his 19-year-old fighting weight at 14. Yeah, um, right. he hit two hundred pounds at fourteen. Yeah, he he fought barely. at two twenty. They thought he was going to be like seven foot tall. They right. thought he was going to be a monster. He quit growing at fourteen. Yeah. Uh, he just put on muscle. Yeah. And he, was, he was just the nightmare of all other what, not golden gloves at that age. What is it, silver gloves yeah. or something like mm-hmm. that at that age? But yeah, yeah. he was just yeah. there. He was their nemesis. Yeah, <laughs> oh, a yeah. hundred and forty pound squeaky little fourteen year old uh, guy when, fighting a two hundred and forty pound Mike Tyson. When Casamano <laughs> met him, he literally thought he was a grown man. Yeah, uh, he said he would get mistaken for an adult all the yeah. time. Yeah, and Casamano. He was one of those old New York boxer guys that feelings weren't really a thing. Yeah. But he kind of became his father figure. Yeah. But he learned that he had to, like, pull back his affection to get better fights out of him. So he fucked him up mentally because the only father figure he's ever had is this guy that sees him as a chance uh, champion. glory. Yeah, Yeah. glory. Absolutely. And uh, so he's fucking with him mentally. It's crazy. He was literally a trained killer. Yeah, the yep. only uh, thing that didn't mature early on him was his voice. It never hit there. Yeah. No. Well, uh, he does. Uh, he has his own show now called Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Yeah, it's and fantastic. The episode that he does with Justin Wren is mm. I've listened to it twice. That's it's that good, and he tells episode. Justin because Justin Wren was bullied to the point of he considered suicide at like thirteen. Yeah. And then Tyson says, "Well, you know, once you get big and strong and all this, he's like the people just find a different way to bully you." Yeah. Yeah. And it was very interesting when he said that because you know you kind of know what he's talking about. He doesn't yeah. go into it. Don King and mm-hmm. like he had tons of people that just had their hands in his pockets. Yes, like, hey, bullying him financially and yeah. intellectually. That, he yeah. says that too. Yeah, and that, that's yeah. kind of what. They and the, did. and the, one of the problems with becoming the best is is you're always targeted, and you don't even have to be the best. Um, I, I I did a couple years of boxing and then I got a couple years into MMA. And man, for years and years through my twenties, and any time I went to a party, somebody would inevitably mention the fact that I used to fight, and inevitably some drunk idiot would want to go outside and fight. Yeah. Uh-huh. Until I mean, it finally culminated where I, I knocked one kid out in the snow and broke another guy's rib. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm I'm done going to parties. I, I mean, I, I just can't unless it's just quiet one with friends that I know or something like that. But yeah. I just can't because somebody will. Inev- I mean, now I'm I'm close to forty, so yeah. I mean it's been parties long. Enough, it's been long enough ago. I don't tired. think it's gonna be that yeah. big deal. It'll just be an interesting talking point. But man, in my twenties, it was just inevitable. 
it, eventually somebody would drink enough that it would be like, yeah, hell yeah, and it would come up and that guy over there used to fight. Yeah. And then always, there was always somebody there that would want to see if I was tough or they were tough as yeah. me or what, you know, and it, yeah. it, it just gets old. And imagine that on the scale of like a Tyson. Oh I my mean, God, it would be everywhere you a, went. Yeah, at 19 years old, pound for pound, pretty much any heavyweight in history, you could put him up against and it would be a fight. Yeah, and, uh, it, it, and mean, it's kind of odd. Uh, Mike Tyson is a huge fan of Tyson Fury. Yeah. Who is another anomaly. Another he doesn't anomaly. box properly, but he still wins. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't he uh, Isn't he an actual gypsy? Like yeah. his friend, his family are Scottish Irish travelers. Yeah. Um, they're actual cool. uh, uh, a tribe of uh, yeah. Romani, I believe. So oh, very, okay. very yeah. random current sports news. Uh, so his brother was supposed to fight Jake Paul in another exhibition. Yeah. Well, he didn't show up for the media stuff. Yeah. He he just basically ducked Ghosted. out of the fight. Yeah. Really? So Tyron Woodley took yeah. the rematch with two weeks training. And got beat up. Jake knocked him out with I'm telling you, Jake is getting straight good. Yeah. He he's becoming I a can't legitimate stand boxer. him as a human, but uh, yeah. Well, now he's getting call outs from the likes of Roy Nelson. Yeah. And uh He's talking shit to Masvidal. He said he'd pay Jorge Masvidal $5 million to get out of his UFC contract and fight him. Really? Yeah, he, so, oh, he straight he said this on the show. He, he, anything he can do to screw Dana yeah, White over. He wants to fight uh, McGregor. I just saw him interviewed uh, talking about how he he thinks that... Uh, Maybe that's why McGregor's Tyson, so big right now. It, he thinks that the Tyson... Uh, was it Tyson? The guy who just fight, Tyler... Uh, Tyrone Woodley. Tyrone Woodley. Yeah. Uh, he said he's bigger than McGregor. He hits harder. And honestly, he's on an uptick where uh, you're like one and four for four years to Conor McGregor. He is like, I wish he'd put the drink down and get back in the gym and train so I can mm-hmm. fight him. Yeah. And uh, because apparently mm-hmm. uh, McGregor hasn't been training. No, he, he looks like Seth Ferrosi right now. He's yeah. put a lot of weight on. Yeah. Yeah. He's not training. He's not eating right. He's he just started a vodka brand or something, yeah, and he apparently he's going to all these parties and shit. Like he's living. He fell up in the love life. with his own fame and just dropped off. Yeah, man. Just yeah. dropped off. He's one in four in four years. Yeah. I mean, he's won one fight in four years. And Logan Paul's like, uh, I can kick your ass, dude. Like I have no doubt. Yeah. If I can beat Tyrone Woodley, I can kick your ass. Yeah. Like, uh, and he's in all honesty, he's running around at cruiserweight. He's probably should be a light heavyweight. Uh, Logan Paul is, and Tyron would fight if he were to cut weight. He'd fight at one eighty five, one seventy, around in there. So he's fighting guys that are a weight class below him. I think it'd be kind of nuts for him to fight like Roy Nelson. Masvidal's the perfect call out. He's tall. He's long. Masvidal, I think, will beat him. Yeah, he'll show him that. And I think that one thing that Connor does have in his pocket is he's an exceptional technical boxer yeah so we would get to see that from either of the paul brothers how actually because what they're doing now is they've got decent technique but they're fighting guys that aren't that wonderful and they're landing these ridiculously good shots they're both pugilists yeah it's bred into them or something i don't understand yeah they're both super athletic and they both hit hard i mean i watched that tyrone woodley fight i've watched the highlights of it he collapsed him yeah he yeah there was a moment when it was like finish him Fatality. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was rough. Like, and I kept on waiting for the screen to pause and be like, finish it. And Tyrone was really a bad sport at the end of the first fight when he lost the decision. And I think he did lose the decision. Uh, but after this one, he was 
he gave him his props, and they yeah, they kind of made because he got stuff. his ass kicked. Well, and you, you know, you're you're let's put yourself in Paul's position, and everyone hates you, and you're like this. He's a heel. You're a heel. Yeah. And then the guy that you just beat, instead of being like, hey, you know, he, he give him his respect, is like, screw you. Yeah. I want a rematch. You you're not win. a real fighter. Yeah. And he's the he's the face. So yeah. everyone's like, yeah. Screw you. So, that, I mean, that, that really had to suck. Yeah. So, to kind of tie that together, I remember reading this, and I hadn't done the research until just now because mm-hmm. I kind of poo-pooed it off. But it actually is true that Mike Tyson is making yet another comeback in February of 2022 to fight against none other than YouTuber Logan Paul. I'll be really? darned. Yes. Wow. Okay, technical boxing. We'll see if he's got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think but, Tyson's I mean, how old still Tyson? scary. He is, he's but I mean... 50, in his 50s. He's in his mid but upper 50s. he's in yeah. fighting mode. He scared Rogan. Him and Rogan are friends. Yeah. And when he was training for that Ray Lewis fight... Not Ray Lewis. Uh, Roy... Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. Roy Jones Jr. He, uh, when he was training for that fight, he was in murder mode. And uh, Logan, like, cut... Or Rogan cut their interview short. Was like, dude, you're scaring me. Yeah. Like, you like the things, down. the things you are saying and the way you're looking at me. <sighs> it's the first time in my life I feel like I need a bigger table. Yeah, so he extended the desk. Yeah, so there's more <laughs> space between us. Like, he was saying stuff like, yeah, I ate some mushrooms the other day and realized I'm a, I'm God and you guys are just here for my entertainment to kill us. <laughs> like, just nut shit. Like, mm-hmm. uh... He, when he's in fight mode, Stand he, me. he's a different animal. <laughs> that, and that Roy Jones Jr. fight, it was an exhibition. It was not a draw. No. It was not a draw. Tyson clearly won that fight yeah. in every way. Yeah. And yeah. on these exhibitions, there was another uh, people talking crap about uh, one of the Paul fights. I think it was Jake Paul. And they said there was a clause in there that he couldn't knock out the other fighter. The other fighter couldn't knock him out. That's in almost every exhibition match. Yeah. You're not supposed to be looking They're for a knockout. Entertainment. Yeah. 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 It is real boxing. But there's rules in place. Yeah, yeah you're it, not trying to not, do any permanent injuries. In an yeah, these guys aren't trying to become the next world champion. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. this is just not really for show, but it it's is for to money, put on a show. Yeah, and they're there to make some money. He's fifty something years old. He don't want to take haymakers. No, nah. not that he couldn't give them out too, and he'd probably yeah. take some mushrooms and be right and fighting spirit for it. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> I don't care how badass you are, you can't take those head punches. Not, not he couldn't. 50s. By the end of his boxing career, he was already he had taken so much damage. Yep. Yeah. Uh, trainers had figured it. him out, and he started losing most of his matches because trainers started training their guys to fight him, uh, and he started taking a lot of damage. And he walked away at the time he should have walked mm-hmm. away. He was really he listened to somebody because I'm yeah. sure it wasn't his idea, yeah. but, uh, because he's too headstrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he listened to somebody. Later on in his career, he got a whole lot better at listening to his coaches. Yeah. Uh, he used to not be that way. He used to just be a wild, crazy, cokehead freak, yeah. man. He yeah, he admitted going, in an going, interview going. about doing uh, coke. But later in that his matches. career, he started listening to his trainers a lot better. Uh, and, but then other trainers got to where they were watching enough tapes and they figured him out. They knew, and, yeah. uh, they knew the peekaboo style. <sighs> yeah. Um, so, have you seen that video of, I believe it's the first Logan Paul Tyron Woodley fight, where you see something on Logan's glove? It looks like a metal disc on the back of his white glove, and they're saying he 
was blatantly cheating by waiting his gloves. I haven't seen that. Uh, I'll have to see if I can pull it up. Yeah, that'd be nice. I, I've, I've seen it in the reels on Facebook. Uh, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. It keeps on popping up. Yeah. And, and they freeze it, and there's clearly something on the back of his glove. As to yeah. whether it's a weight or not, you can't yeah. tell. Well, in the whole thing with the Joe, Logan and Jake Paul thing right now is that this is also a repetition of the Great White Hope. Yes. And uh, this happened back in, like, the Jack Johnson days. Uh, They basically, society was pretty racist. It it was not so much as directly racist as everyone wanted their team to be the best. So there was this, you know, racist theory out of Germany. Yeah, Yeah. that uh, the Aryans were going to be the best. So all of a sudden these black athletes who have, you know, been more athletic and built a little more for this than pretty much anybody for the longest time now are dominating the sport and they would push these guys and push these guys and great white hope he would come up because they'd had the big audience uh jack johnson he was he was insane like yeah he did not care he lived in like you could get lynched for nothing and he was just exuberant he dated white women he he, yeah there's a story of him he drove through somewhere flying in a sports car and they pulled him over and he gave the officer twice the money and he's like, it's only this much. And he's like, no, I'm going to go just as fast the other way. <laughs> wow. So he, he's, he's something, but yeah, we're seeing yeah. that again with these guys. Uh, they're, they're, it's kind of flipped though. Cause like everyone wants their downfall. So yeah, they're the, the great white hope, but they, they're, the, they're heel. the heel now. Yeah. The, the face and the heel have switched. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. That's interesting to think. And, about. uh, I'll tell you what, uh, I can't remember which one's doing it. Probably both of them, but one of them starting shit with Daniel Cormier, and that is uh, that is not smart. That's Daniel Cormier idea. runs a gym. He'll get somebody out there to fight yeah. one of them. He would do it himself. I'm pretty convinced. Yeah. And I mean, that, this guy knocked out Stipe. He knocked out Bigfoot, oh, and shit. he's he's so short. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so awesome. Yeah. Olympic wrestler, which that's not going to matter in a boxing match. But yeah. So, this was the last thing I wanted to cover, and this kind of yeah. ties this all together with that. Uh, you know, modern, I'm not going to call this conspiracy theory because it's not. This is history rhyming. Yeah. And what this is are the direct coincidence correlations between Kennedy and Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Now, this was written very soon after Kennedy's assassination. Uh, some people started writing this out saying, hey, there's all these weird coincidences. This stuff's all related. Uh there was actually uh, the Skeptical Inquirer ran a contest called Spooky Presidential Coincidence Contest. I cannot find this, and I looked pretty hard. But uh, one of the winner pointed out 16 similar coincidences between Kennedy and the former Mexican president, Alavero Obregón. And some runner-ups came up with uh, coincidence list between 21 pairs of U.S. presidents. But this is just... I would love to see those because I don't know if they can contend with this. So both of them were elected to Congress in 46. Yeah. 1846, 1946. Both became the president in 60. 1860 for Lincoln, 1960 for Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, they both have seven-letter last names. That's kind of silly to me. Yeah. Uh, you have the Emancipation Proclamation under Lincoln and the Civil Rights Act under Kennedy. Yeah. Both 30 years old, married women in their 20s. Uh, both lost a son while in the White House. Uh, 
Kennedy's son was an infant. Lincoln's son was 11. Obviously, very different times. Yeah. Uh, Both sons were uh, William Wallace Lincoln and Patrick Bouvier Kennedy. They had 21 letters in their names. Yeah. Seven each, so seven, seven, seven. The numerology thing doesn't really sell sell me because statistically that just. That's common, yeah. Uh, So they were both shot on a Friday. Lincoln was shot on Good Friday. And Kennedy was shot November 22nd, 63, which yeah. was a Friday. Both shot in the head. Both shot in the presence of their wives. Uh, both were assassinated by Southerners, which Harvey Oswald was a defector, so I don't know yeah. if it matters he was a Southerner. Right. He was a defector or a CIA asset. Something was going on with yeah, him. Yeah, that's, I mean, Kennedy's was screwy as hell. Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. Both of them were succeeded. By Johnsons, Andrew Johnson and Lyndon B. Johnson. That's kind of huh. crazy. Yeah. I yeah. never thought about that. Yeah. Uh, both of them, Andrew Johnson was from Tennessee, Lyndon Johnson was from Texas, so T-E. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is a real weird one. Both successors were born in 08. Andrew Johnson, December 29th, 1808. Lyndon B. Johnson, August 27th, 1908. Oh, that's kind of weird. Uh, both assassins had three names. Again, that's... Who doesn't have three names? I have three names. Uh, Both assassins' names composed of 15 letters. Again, not that big of a deal. Uh, Lincoln was shot in Ford's theater, and Kennedy was shot in a Ford. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was in a Lincoln. And another another coincidence that might not be on there, uh, both both things that both of those presidents are famous for, for doing were actually done by their successors and not themselves. Yeah. Awesome. So Johnson did that. Uh, I know, I've never looked into this, but I know Kennedy was going to uh, try to take us off and put us on our own uh, dollar standard. Mm-hmm. There are Kennedy bills. He wanted to stop fine. the Federal Reserve. That's exactly what he wanted and to do. He wanted to suddenly, what was it, two weeks after he announced that he mm-hmm. wanted to end the Federal Reserve, suddenly somebody shot him in his yeah, car? Yeah, I believe it was yep. a, uh, like November 3rd he gave that speech and he was killed on the 22nd. So like, now there's nobody that controls the government. Yeah, no. <laughs> clearly not. So, but yeah, that's a, that, you know you 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 can put a couple of these together and say that's just a coincidence. I mean, like I said, I have three names. I think yeah. everyone here has three names, right? Is yeah, got the four? numerology no. shit. That yeah, and they're probably gonna tie together within one or two digits yeah. of one another. But you get that many things rolling together, yeah. and history is rhyming. Right. It, it's rolling through and rhyming. Now, if they'd been killed by Cher and one by Prince, and they both had one name, now that's a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, both their names were a symbol. Yeah. So, but that's uh, that's another good one. Did uh, I think probably we can get ready to close out on that? Do you guys have any other ones that you thought of that? No, uh, not really. Uh, I did a little bit of research on the uh, 1980s to the 1880s, and there was a whole lot of um, social booms in both of them that I saw um, uh, a lot of equality coming up a yeah. lot of uh, like the eight, the 1980s was more like women's equality and uh-huh. uh, the 1880s was more um, uh, work equality uh, right getting work groups together like unions and stuff like that different different groups and there was also the two most impactful um, the two most impactful volcanic eruptions happened in the go. 80s. Yep. Um, the, uh, most people will know about, uh, uh, well, about Mount St. Helens happened mm-hmm. in 1980. 
Yeah. Uh, that's probably the most famous one that's happened within recent recent history, uh, which caused massive amounts of devastation, but really didn't kill that many people. We had a lot of early warning systems yeah, we by knew that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it only killed 57 people. Uh, but in 1883, Krakatoa. Krakatoa, that's the uh, one that echoed around the world. in Indonesia, and 36,000 people were killed. Yep. Yeah, yeah that echoed around the world. Yeah, so it literally echoed time. all the way around our yeah. globe. The sonic did. boom was so strong that it pushed through the air all the way around the if world. If that doesn't make you feel small, nothing will. Yeah. yeah. This is a hole in the ground and full of lava that blew up. That's and, it. And uh, and if it keeps going, uh, the next major one, most likely in secession, will be Yellowstone. And it will make Krakatoa look like uh, uh, a Hawaii volcano going on. Yeah. Yep. Very, very interesting stuff. And that Yellowstone thing has been predicted for a long time. Again, yeah. we're watching it. But at that scale, there's not a lot you can do. Krakatoa darkened the sky. It changed the climate. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's estimated that the fallout from Yellowstone will wipe out uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to 80% of the uh, North of North America. Uh, the human population, living population in North America, but the ash fallout yeah. will cause so much cl- like cold climate change that it might wipe out as much as like 80% of the life on Earth. And that's that's right there is probably how we get into these ice ages, mm. hit by a comet or, yeah. you know, giant uh, volcanic eruption. So, yeah. well, everyone, I hope you like this deep dive. We always go off on tangents. That's yeah. part of our brand. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? We try to always tie them back together. Yeah. So... I want to thank everyone for listening again. Please get on the Facebook group. We've been getting some good feedback on there. we got a good core group on there that can answer questions. I'm actually looking to maybe put some people as moderators. We haven't needed moderation yet, which I thank all of you for that, and just keep that up, but, you know, just in case. So, everyone, you know, stay curious and keep on dumpster diving. Just come on back. We'll make some more episodes. We apologize for the delays. Everyone here... Has just been sick, so if you hear some coughs and cackles <laughs> yeah. during the uh, it's been a rough year, it's you know, been a rough year you know, it, you, you got to give us a break on that one. We can't, uh, we can't handle all of that. So, yeah. but thanks everyone. Praise John. <laughs> Praise John. Keep dumpster diving. Uh, keep on dumpster diving. <laughs>